I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey everyone, I am Rachel Goodman, and we're here to talk about the great episode one of the same name. With me is Empress Tori. You can catch her in a previous life as royalty or as an Olympian. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so we've got Tori with us today. <laughs> Hey guys, yes, I've had a lot of previous past lives, but in one of them I was definitely a queen, princess, empress myself, so I definitely relate to this show because I feel like I've lived it already. That's amazing. And we've also got red-tongued Cody joining the panel. Red because he just devoured this episode. Cody, yes. welcome to the panel. Yes, devoured this episode, devoured <laughs> some sour cherry candies as well. And um, yeah, I can't wait to That's get into it. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is really exciting for me. I was on the After Buzz Catherine the Great panel when it um, when we were covering the HBO show Catherine the Great. Um, now, this is just a commentary up front. I've done a lot of research on what this show is supposed to be. Historical, it is not. <laughs> um, this is meant to be a, a satirical take on Catherine the Great. Um, but that being said, um, I was a history major, so I will kind of interject with certain things as we are going along here, but let's just dive right in. Um, we'll have a news segment at the end, but for now, let's dive in and let's just talk about this opening sequence we had with Catherine on the swing. Um, Tori, what did you, what did you think of Catherine getting this first glimpse of her, the way that they showed us? It was so, honestly, like from that initial scene, I was like, uh, I love everything about this. Like, I love the costumes. I love the cinematography. I love the every other design it was just so nice to watch and for that to be our first impression I was like okay they put some effort into this but the um I guess dialogue but even though it was more so like a monologue because their friend was barely talking um that we have of Catherine was just so green like it just kind of resonates for every like young girl and what she thinks love is gonna be and I was just like uh this is not gonna end well but it was nice to see her dream because I mean like we I don't want to say we all but like some of us have had that sort of like fairy tale romantic I don't know, way of thinking that when we don't have any other experience, all you have to do is imagine. So it was just nice to just kind of hear her imagine out loud and not even let her friend's negativity really affect her. Like she was like, this is my fairy tale. And until something happens to change that, this is what I'm going to believe. And I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was amazing that, um, I mean, they really showed us um, Elle Fanning's version of Catherine like right up at the top, we knew who this was, we knew what she was about, and we knew what her goals were, especially once we saw her interact with Peter. Um, Cody, what was your take at the top of this? What did you think about Catherine? Um, she's, she's super cute. Uh, <laughs> it was very like, it was so funny to see, like they put her in this light of, she is this young girl who has these bright big dreams of, making a difference in the world and and even it but then it's like there's also this naivete to her and she's also she's on this swing and there's flowers on the swing and it's just very like she's still this little girl and then she quickly i mean going past the scene she quickly has a very rude awakening to this romanticized future for herself that she has and um i think it's um a good i, I just think it was really great the way they they gave us who she who she is at the beginning of this series and we're gonna see that i mean she says later on that like oh that girl's dead but she's we we are going to see this girl become a a great woman i believe 
Yeah. And um, speaking of that, I want to say that what was most, what was very fascinating to me is that Elle Fanning, her accent um, and the way that she chose to speak as Catherine, um, if you listen to Helen Mira playing the role of Catherine in the HBO series, they sound so similar um, that oh. it was almost like to me I, that I was so intrigued by this. I was like, wow, the fact that they mm -hmm. that they are using the same exact type of like intonation and the way that they're speaking. Um, just like with Catherine the Great, the HBO show, we got to see Catherine at an older um, stage. And so this was a very fresh take for me to see, you know, even though it's not quite historically accurate, to see how she, to see a representation of her as a young girl and to specifically see um, something that is true, which is how much education meant to Catherine the Great, especially her own education and the fact that she could read um, and we would hear her quote um, Diderot um, and just various different, you know, German, French and Russian um, thinkers throughout this time period, throughout this episode, uh, I was very, very interested to see um, what we were going to get. And it, it almost, to me, the fact that this is a little bit of a fictional telling, um, it opens it up so that there are more possibilities. I feel like they can break what actually happened. And so it has me more on suspense. Like I'm, I'm waiting more wondering what's going to happen um, since it's, you know, a little bit, I mean, generally speaking, Catherine did go and was married to Peter the third, um, who's the Peter that we meet. Um, but um, I think what I do appreciate is what this piece is trying to say about contemporary society and about our governments and about the head of state. And so we get, we get this meeting between Catherine and Peter. And right off the bat, um, Tori, what was your impression of Peter? Um, <laughs> now, I was, I was really trying to come in with an open mind. Just, you know, this is a fresh a fresh show so I wanted to have a fresh take now you can already tell that he was just very disconnected from everything that happened prior to this arrangement I mean he didn't do anything basically but asked her to show up or just uh allowed somebody to pick her out and get her to come there and I was just kind of like you're not even going to pretend like you know what's going on like the letter even what she looks like I was just like geez there's like minimal effort if any here but Honestly, my first impression wasn't terrible. I didn't start to strongly dislike him until the rest of the episode continued. But in the first, in the first impression, it just kind of seemed like he was immature and um, kind of not attached to what was going on. It, it just felt like a business deal. And that didn't really rub me the wrong way because we do know timepieces on this panel and we know that how these um, arrangements happen. It's not just you fall in love when you get married. It's, mo it's mainly a business deal, a treaty. There's something that comes with it. So I wasn't really expecting him to be, you know, like head over heels in love. So that didn't really rub me the wrong way. But like I said, towards the end of the episode, I was like, okay, no, you're not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, Tori, I was looking at this from, um, I wasn't, I was trying to like let go of what I know happens and just kind of see Peter um, with fresh eyes. And so I was giving him a chance um, to, even though I know historically Peter was not the greatest of people, um, but I was trying to give him a chance at first when he saw her and she gave him the evergreen branch, which obviously evergreen, evergreen content, like the idea that their love would be evergreen. Catherine went into this very hopeful. 
Um, but what I was really, um, I was trying to view Peter as just a jokester and a guy who maybe doesn't, isn't on the same wavelength as Catherine, but that could grow to actually love her. And I, I really enjoyed watching her try. And at first I think he might have been trying to, even though his ways were very, um, you know, unkempt and, and just very like, even in the beginning, I'm not talking about the later things yet, but even in the beginning, his ways did seem a little bit outlandish. And um, the bear, when he gave her that as a gift, um, and then later we saw that Catherine went and she knew what was to be expected of her that night. Um, I was really wondering symbolically what was going to happen to the bear. Cody, what mm -hmm. did you think of um, one meeting Peter, but then actually um, everything leading up to their wedding and that night? Um, Peter is a D-bag yeah. for for lack of a better term. Yes. Um, and I feel like, I mean, and when he, he joked around, he was like, oh, send her back. And I was like, he can't actually be sending her back. Like the show's about like the two of them. <laughs> and so then and they turned around and that was like his shtick, like, oh, that was my joke. Ha ha, did you see what I do? It's like, oh, you just want everybody to love you and think you're funny. And um, he, it's so interesting with him because it's like, we can see, I feel like he has, some redeeming quality that we'll eventually see mm -hmm. but it was just like oh this poor girl was so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to have this next big adventure where she was going to make this difference in Russia and she's just like considered to be one of his servants but she just has a big title and um I mean I don't really care for him but that does say a lot to him as an actor, which is always really, when you dislike a character so much, you know that they're doing a good job portraying it. So I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Nick Holt, um, he was in Current War. Mm -hmm. um, he was in the, you know, some of the X-Men movies. Um, yeah, just very like all around, like his acting. I agree with you, Cody. Like he, um, I feel like he can play anything. A, a guy who's like really good at heart. And then we also have Peter. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, like, exactly. I, I, yeah, like I, I really tried. Um, every time he said huzzah, like it just kept getting funnier to me. So if he was trying to be a comedian, <laughs> eventually it worked, but probably not because I was laughing at his jokes, rather laughing at him. Um, but I think with um, Peter, what really turned well, I was trying to give him a chance up until the point where he won, they have sex and he's literally not even like, yes, like the way that we see royals, like sometimes, you know, historically they, they would just have sex with their wife just to produce an heir. I, I understand that's the way it was, but to see someone go in, have sex with his wife and not even talk to her, talk about ducks as he's just literally having sex with his wife to make sure that his seed uh, somehow gets in there. I was like, okay, this is where it started to change for me that he did that to her. But then the big thing was when Catherine, um, she's really trying, Marielle, who we're gonna talk about in a second, um, but Marielle helps her and she goes to Peter and he's already in bed with another woman. I just, at that point, I think that he was not, there was nothing redeemable about him anymore when that's where it went. Um, Tori, what do you think? Yeah, the same. It just, I felt so bad for Catherine because it, it just felt like she was trying so hard and just 
not comparing it to other portrayals of Catherine, but just other um, royal TV shows. It's kind of like, first of all, I feel like in other shows, at least the night of the wedding is the one where like the husband tries to pay attention because it's this big thing. So, you know, like, uh, I can't think of the word that the official word, but to official, like to make the wedding official. And yeah. so it was, and like, usually it might be like some other people around, but it's still a big deal. And the two are kind of left by themselves to seal the deal, if you will. So it was weird to see that he didn't even like, like you said, he didn't even miss a beat in the conversation. He just kept talking while he barely even looked at her. And so I was like, okay, like I was kind of expecting this from like the second, maybe third night, but not the first one. And then when she took that experience and tried to learn from it, if I felt bad watching her try to apply, not corrections, but like kind of approach the situation differently. And then she was met with something that was completely unideal. And like I said, even though none of us are naive to those things happening, it was still kind of like, Peter, uh, yeah. why? Why are you doing that? So it was, it's like this, this show is a little hard because like I said, we have all seen shows like this you've seen shows about this story about other royal stories and so it's hard to try to be like uh oh, I don't want any of this to happen and just kind of like think naively about it but at the same time I was still like Peter could you try for like at least the first episode the first 50 minutes yeah and so they you know like you said Tori they consummated the the marriage and then from there um, it just kind of started going downhill for Catherine. And um, let's talk a little bit about Marielle and let's also talk about the women at the court um, because we get the mm -hmm. scene. We don't really know much about Marielle at first. And then eventually we learn that she had been a royal uh, member, um, not, not royal per se, but she had been a lady and that mm -hmm. she had been a member of the court and that there was um, a situation with her family where she was demoted, if you will, and ended up uh, working as a you know a maid at for Catherine so um I love the fact that Catherine doesn't care that this is the circumstance that Catherine still sees Marielle as a lady but we know that all of the other women in court um they are just they're just terrible people they they don't they they don't care about Marielle um they don't care about reading all they want to do is gossip and talk about the hats which they are not wearing correctly um, Cody, <laughs> um, we were talking before this, and I know you said you were very into fashion. What did you make of this scene, specifically with the hats? Um, the hats was a was a funny scene, and then I love Catherine. She's like, she's like, oh, I never even thought about hats. But then it's like they're not <laughs> a lot of. Where am I crossing times here? Like they're wearing their all their wigs incorrectly, right? Or am I going yeah. out of my head of myself? No, you're and fine. Yeah. Just, we can okay. yeah, we can And it was just like, yeah. and it was just, and they're just like, oh, like, they're doing this in France. And she's like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it was just, the uh, the ladies are, they're just awful wolves. And uh, poor, poor Catherine is like, and they, and the thing is, it's, they're not trying to like get anything negative from Catherine. They're trying, they one, the one girl's like, oh, I'm going to be your, your most trusted confidant. They want to be her friend and they're all very nice to her. But Catherine's like, no, like this is not, this is not the crowd I'm trying to get involved with. And then when they're like, they're throwing the ball into the grass and she's like, oh, what happens next? They bring it back to us and we do it again. How long do we do this? All afternoon. I was like, <laughs> even me, I, I was like, man, like to, 
I mean, maybe like you're just sitting there drinking champagne. Your job is to look pretty all day and throw the ball. Like maybe I can get on board with that just like a couple days a week, but like, no, that sounds so dreadful. Like, uh-uh. yeah. And the I fact just, that, oh, sorry, go ahead, Tori. It was okay. I just felt bad because like from the outside looking in, of course, none of us are like them and we wouldn't necessarily choose that crowd to be a part of but the yes. only part that I felt bad about is like this is all that they know like all they know mm-hmm. is how to do this this is what they were basically raised to do they don't know how to read they don't know how to write they were raised to be ladies so it's kind of like I feel bad because you can tell they're not necessarily doing it on purpose or like trying to be the mean girls or anything like that it's just kind of like nobody has told them this is wrong and this is not what they're supposed to do they've been conditioned to think that this is my role I'm supposed to sit here in this room talk amongst talk amongst the ladies throw balls in the grass and I go home and I come back and I do it again that's that's all that they know and so I felt kind of bad and I didn't want to judge them because it's like in their opinion they're not wrong and technically in their society they're not wrong either you know so it's kind of like if you're if you think that you're right of course you're not going to change the way that you are yeah I agree with you I do think though going off of that um there I mean it's hard to say because obviously Marielle has experienced what it's like to go from, you know, kind of relatively up at the top of the echelon of society to downward to the bottom. And so she, I feel like an experience like that will humble you, but also Mm -hmm. there were definitely some women of the court who were going above and beyond with the pettiness. And so I think that there are definitely definitely that extreme, but I do think, like you said, um, these these people are products of their society and products of being, royal citizens under Peter um, the third. And so let's kind of talk more about that. Um, the fact that um, one of the things that was very interesting is the, the dynamic between Peter and the people and the, the men that follow him specifically. And so um, we had a scene where they all went hunting and Peter's trying to make some really terrible joke and Catherine doesn't get it. She's not laughing. And he just, Peter keeps repeating himself until he goes, you know, to his men and they know because it's Peter that they're supposed to laugh. And so everyone, Mm -hmm. it's this idea that everyone's scared of him, that they're only following what he wants because they're afraid of what will happen otherwise. And we do start to see this other side of Peter and what he's capable of with what Catherine wants to do with the school. Um, And so let's talk about, before we get there, let's talk about Count Orlo. Um, the man who we find out was behind writing the letters that Catherine was thought she received from Peter. Um, first of mm-hmm. all, I ship them <laughs> instantly because he was reading, he was reading Renata's cart in the, li- in the library. And instantly I was like, okay, Catherine has actually met her match in this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I'm all here for that. If it happens, um, Tori, what did what do you think about um, this part of the episode with Catherine in the library with Orlo and also yeah? So okay, really fast. When he first said his name, y'all, why did I think he said Count Olaf? Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I and I was like, too. 
I was like, how the hell he get in here? I was like, oh, this really about to spice things up. If you ever seen that, you know, that is not somebody you want to be trapped in the library with. So I was like, wait. And then I re- quickly realized that's not what he said. So once I realized he was just, you know, somebody actually in the show that belongs there, um, I was like, okay, like you said, I feel like she's kind of finding her people. Like Catherine is finding people who she feels like she relates to some people that she feels like she might share the same ideology ideologies with um with which was great because honestly in this whole castle she probably only found two which was her maid and this guy and so I was like okay like that kind of makes the situation and circumstances a little bit more bearable and I wasn't sure if they were going to like you know I didn't think anything romantically of it but I was thinking okay like he'll kind of feel empowered to voice his own opinions about literature and education and stuff like that and actually find someone higher up that can support whatever he wants to do and she'll be able to use him to at this time to do her to build her school um find teachers and things like that so I kind of just felt like they shared this connection and they were both lonely in this castle and they finally found somebody who relates and I was like oh I love that don't we just love when somebody finds their tribe like that's just amazing yeah, absolutely. And so we meet Orlo. Um, we find out that she's, yeah, Catherine gets this idea to build the school. She's specifically thinking she wants to teach women how to read. Um, and now, so here's the part where if Peter wasn't, if Peter, if you could have redeemed him before, I think this is the part where most people realized he was not going to be a redeemable character. The moment where he's talking to his war council and we have uh, Velemitov there, which is interesting because he's just over the top, kind of like being super doting with Catherine, this guy, um, like in a really comical way. <laughs> but in any case, they're talking about the battle that they have just lost. And Orlo accidentally reveals that it's like he's trying to be forward thinking and, and just, you know, opening his mouth about what they're doing and how excited he is. He accidentally reveals too much information about women learning to read. And then all of a sudden in the next scene, we've got the burning down of the school, which to me was the saddest thing that we could have possibly seen. Cody, what do you mm-hmm. think of that moment? That moment broke my heart because literally for the first however long the episode was at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, this obviously isn't the ideal situation, but you know what? Catherine's getting her school. Like, he's at least letting her do what she wants. Like, it's it's at least was happy enough in this crazy world that she was put into. And then to have him go from being like, oh, yeah, I want to make her happy, to, oh, no, that's not what you said, and burning down the school, I would, that's, like, literally my... Like, I was here with the show, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, that, it, it, like, it was, I, like, was so mad about it, which, obviously, I think we're supposed to be upset about it, but it, like, mm-hmm. I, like, I almost, like, took it personally. I was like, this, this he's just such a spoiled brat, and, like, it's, it's, it's a, um, vis- a visible in every aspect of any scene he's in, and it, it killed me, really. Yeah, and I think the saddest part is that the thing, the way that Peter is, he is very dangerous because you think that he could be reasonable at times. But this is the moment where you learn that he is not reasonable. You're Mm -hmm. that he demands people do exactly what he wants or he will take care of you in, you know, the worst way possible. And so um, for me, I think it was even more like the, the spreading of the school was terrible. But then Catherine standing her ground and going up and confronting Peter and him basically, you know, her, him basically trying to like 
you know, he didn't even care. Like it didn't matter to him. That's, he's ruthless. He just did not care how this made her feel. And um, she tries really hard, even at this point, like even though the one thing that she re that she wanted him to the the one thing that was allowing her to feel at home in this place he destroyed and she still tried and he i guess pretended he would try for her and you know i found it interesting too that his dog is named Zeus um and so this is not <laughs> this is not a guy like this is the man who wants to take power and he is not going to listen mm -hmm. to anyone, especially his wife. And he makes it very clear that she is going, that she is there to serve him and not the other way around. And so um, I could just feel the anger boiling in Catherine and I could feel her getting to a place where she wasn't going to try to bend to his needs anymore. Um, we also get a scene with the Archbishop who is, you know, primary antagonist in this. He's working with Peter. Um, he, I found that scene interesting though, um, where Peter tells Archie to go and basically convince Catherine, um, to be better, uh, because she's broken. Tori, what did you think of that scene? I mean, it, you're so stupid. I don't want to say men, but men in this show, in this <laughs> time period, were most likely stupid. And so it was just kind of like... <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, even <laughs> I was upset. With um, but it was just kind of like, is she broken? Is she really broken because she thinks for herself? Like, is that really? And to say honestly, let's really get into it because what did she really do to him? Nothing. She hasn't done anything. She hasn't. She and she's been. If she did, she would have been warranted. And she hasn't done anything to really disrespect him besides, you know, slap him in front of company. But that was because she was kind of pushed to those points. And so it was just frustrating for him to find every single problem with her when she actually hasn't really done anything to even question his authority, if we're being honest. Like, she asked for the school. And even though she didn't give, like, all the, all the information, she didn't think that she had to. And she hasn't really done anything to warrant any type of disrespect so it was just annoying and then it was just like sir are you going to fix yourself even though we know the answer is no but if I was there I would be like mm, uh, <laughs> I'm in the mirror. you need to check yourself before you try to check me but yeah I agree with you um I, let's just for the sake of time I'm going to move it along a little bit toward the end um so we get all this we get the penultimate moment of this episode which is with um basically the bearing chains at the party and literally like this if we had one thing if, if Catherine was holding on to her marriage this was literally the moment when everything came crashing down because this bear that symbolized love for Catherine in her dreams Peter legitimately shoots the bear as she is talking like as she's petting him and yeah so to me it was like if the marriage was going to somehow survive all of this, it was done. Um, Cody, what did you think of that scene and subsequently Catherine's decision to run away? Um, this was another, this was another painful moment to watch because we, as we know, like even before she goes to Russia, she's talking to her friend at the very beginning. She's like, oh, they have bears there. Like, I think I'm going to get one. And then she had this romanticized idea of like what a bear meant and all these things. And then she got a bear and we were like, oh, she got like something she wanted. Mm -hmm. great and then and already she didn't want to go to that party she's at that party and she's just so miserable she's so fed up with everyone she calls the ladies out for wearing their wigs wrong she's like you all look like fools and then 
just there's nothing that's going to appease her and then our friend was like oh let's go for a walk in the garden and she was like yes that sounds great as she's putting the spare and he shoots it freaking peter shoots it and it's like one <laughs> like how is that even acceptable behavior ever to just like i guess have a bear in the party and then like oh it's just a prop bam and uh, and it's like we like i said like she had this very romanticized idea of what this bear meant and so i mean i was so glad she walked up and smacked him because in that moment he needed it and it was such i don't know if she meant for it to be but it was definitely a power move like i audibly was like yes like thank Mm -hmm. you and then she walked off and then I'm glad he followed her. But then there, the scene after that didn't go so well, but I think it was definitely necessary. Yeah. And um, let's, I just, yeah, Let's go. keep in Take mind it. that like five seconds before shooting the bear, he had already accidentally shot somebody in the leg. Let's start there. So yeah. not only you think you had this great aim, but you already shot someone. And oh, there was yeah. a strong chance that you could have shot me while you were trying to strike it stroke your ego and shoot this bear so that we already have a problem because aside from everything else you almost put my life in danger so now we have a big problem because you thought you were gonna shoot me dead in here don't do that like you can play with your own life but don't play with mine yeah, yeah. that I agree. already like like you said the bear was already kind of like uh she got something that she wanted and in the same episode it was taken away but then you can't just be shooting guns in the party Mm-mm. That was that was that bear was like a foot away from her, so that was like my first thing because it was just kind of like I didn't even know if he meant to shoot the bear. I thought it might have been like uh I don't want to say like a stray bullet, but he was just shooting around, and I was like, what if he accidentally hit her? Like yeah, he which he very well that. could so, have exactly. So I was just kind of like I'm like you said, um Rachel, if that if there was any chance that the viewers would just kind of like be like, okay, we'll give Peter a chance. All of that was gone in this scene, yeah, like all of it. All of it. And then the worst part is when she runs away and the fact that Peter takes her, she doesn't even know what's happening. She's in the trunk. Literally, it's Peter's command that they pretend to drown her. And I knew it was a game to him. Like, this is the way that he is. I knew that he was not doing this to actually kill her. He was doing it because she's a toy to him. And the fact that he Mm -hmm. could say he could, you know, basically reassert his dominance over her. It was terrifying to watch. And then we get that final scene where she's literally, she is su- she's at such a low point that she is mm-hmm. considering taking her own life. And Marielle, I, okay, on the one hand, like if I was in that situation, I would not want a friend to talk to me like that. Like, oh, get the bucket. But um, I do like that Marielle is the one to tell her, hey, P.S., if you have no heirs and Peter dies, you will become the empress. That is how it works in Russia. And spoiler alert, in real history, um, Catherine the Great did become the empress after Peter III died. So I love the fact that that's where they're going. Um, I'm just gonna say that historically speaking, um, there have been takes on it that people suggest Catherine might've been the one to, you know, (laughs) help with the, you know, passing. And that's certainly the way that Catherine the Great, the HBO series portrayed it, but um, that is not necessarily what happened. Um, so that being said, let's jump. We have, we have a couple minutes left here. Let's jump to our special segments. Tori, um, mm-hmm. you have some news for us, right? 
Yes, just a little like small tidbit since this is the pilot. I think it'd be interesting for all of us to know that this is actually Elle Fanning's executive producing debut. So she was super excited about that, not just only um, acting as Catherine the Great in the project, but also being executive producer. And with a interview in Variety, she actually said that it was extremely nerve wracking, but also exciting. So I thought that was cool because I didn't know that. I just was, yeah. I just knew that she played in it and I had no idea that she had an executive producing role. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool and very exciting. Um, okay, so let's get to our predictions. Ooh. And I think we might have a clip, like a sound bite. Maybe not. I'll wait two seconds. If not, I'll just. Play. <laughs> that was play. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, let's start with you, Cody. What do you? What are your predictions for the next episode? Um, for the next episode, um, I just think that Catherine's definitely going to be Peter's match for sure. I don't know how well it will go, but I do think that she's going to change him at least a little bit because. In that one scene, he's like, oh, you're the only person who doesn't just unconditionally love me. And I think that's going to play its toll on him. Um, I also think, I don't know if it'll be the, ne- I don't think it'll be the next episode, but I do think, um, what's her maid's name? May- Marielle. May- Marielle. I do think Marielle is going to betray her at some point because I do think, I love her. She's honestly, I think she's my favorite character, but I think eventually she's going to be like, yo, I used to have more title and pull around here. And if I can get back there, I will. And I think that's gonna come around eventually. And Tori, what are your predictions? Yeah, I think right after this, like maybe in the next episode, we're gonna see maybe her ensure that she's not gonna have an heir, like just kind of think, especially because of satire, I think we're gonna see like some funny way that she kind of like makes sure that there's no way she can have a kid, which might be weird because the um, <laughs> I think the priest or the I don't know like spiritual advisor um is going to try to get his way in there because all of these shows that have like a I can't think of the word but basically they're like religious advisor whatever they're always super creepy and just in his face <laughs> and I feel like he's definitely gonna do something to try to like I don't know check her cervix every night or something like that well, if his sperm is in there uh-huh. but um I think we're just going to see a funny way of her and Marielle just like think of a system to make sure that as long as Peter is alive she doesn't have any babies yeah I think I definitely agree with both of you guys um I could see Marielle betraying her I'm not sure that that will actually happen though um some of my prediction is from what I know historically and also from the HBO show historically speaking she does have a son so what I'm thinking is that the show is going to stick with that and that she still will end up having a child. But for next episode, I think that we're going to see her try and mess with Peter in ways that he doesn't necessarily know that he's being messed with because obviously Catherine is smarter than him and she'll be able to outwit him. Um, so I think that's the angle she's going to take and that it's going to be kind of like a we're going to maybe get some montage elements where she'll be messing around and like laughing at his expense because he's too dim-witted to understand what she's doing. Um, and then I think that as, you know, yeah, I think that's what we're going to get next episode. Um, and I, yeah, I think she's going to try to not, she's going to basically try to avoid getting pregnant, but um, knowing what I know that she does get pregnant, I think that um, she still, that that's the most important thing to her is to just mess with Peter and Mm -hmm. cause him misery. So, all right. Well, that is our show for today. Tori, where can everybody find you? Yes, you guys can find me on Twitter at Tori with two E's. 
or on Instagram at Toxic Model. And then you can just click around our YouTube, probably see all of us on other panels. So, you know, just find something that tickles your fancy. Awesome. And Cody, where can everybody find you? I am on Twitter as Cody underscore Epp, though I'm not there very often. You can find me on Instagram <laughs> as Cody Epp with two Y's, C-O-D-Y-Y-E-P-P. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman. Um, we are going to be coming up next again live at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to discuss episode two, The Beard. Until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your night. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.